What's up, everyone? Welcome to the In One Accord podcast, where we explore the background, lyrics, and musical expression of the songs we sing and why we sing them. Our desire is to glorify God through songs that are biblically sound, worshiping together in harmony, and living in complete agreement with Christ. That is In One Accord. I'm Johnny Broadworth. And I'm Tim Plaster. And today we are going to be talking about the hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns, Hymns with Tim, as we like to joke and we call it. (laughs) It was between Hymns with Tim and and One Accord, so. Yeah, right. (laughs) A close second. But Uh, anyways, Crown Him with Many Crowns. So this hymn actually involves three different men in the the composing process. Uh, So there was Matthew Bridges... Godfrey Thring and George Elvey. So these all three were men uh, from England and they all lived during the 1800s. So there's actually some really interesting history behind this hymn. So uh, you've, you may have noticed that depending on if you're singing in a hymn book or different versions of the song on Sunday mornings on the projector, whatever it may be, uh, it's rare that you'll ever sing the same version with the same four verses. There's there's so many different verses mm. of this song and so many different arrangements of it. Uh, reason being, some of the background, uh, Matthew Bridges was the original person who wrote Crown Him With Many Crowns. Uh, but eventually what happened was he, he left the Church of England and joined the Roman Catholic Church. And so then Godfrey Thring wrote uh, a different set of verses, a different version of the hymn. Uh, and so there's, I think there's probably nine or 10 verses out there to this song. Most of the time, our church will just sing four. Um, and then George Elvey was the guy who wrote the actual melody for Crown Him With Many Crowns. He, when he was 19, he became an organist uh, for a, a chapel choir and he remained the organist and the, the leader of that choir until he retired. So just one spot for his whole career, uh, oh, yeah. but very talented musician. So that's some of the background uh, to this hymn. So we're going to look at the four main verses that our church sings on Sunday. We could spend time looking at all of them, but we wanted to look at the four that we sing and what we're singing when we sing those words. Yes, and you know when I when I first heard uh, the song that just came out in 2021 uh, called "A Thousand Names," and we just were starting to sing it in Plants and Pillars, uh, just a great song that talks about how many different ways that we know Jesus Christ by. Um, but it reminded me of this: "Crown Him with Many Crowns," and it's uh, easy to look at a verse like Revelation 19:12, where it says, "His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems." Uh, which are crowns, Um, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. Uh, But what a great opportunity to remember and remind ourselves of how many different ways that we look at at Jesus Christ and ways that we can see Jesus Christ and and the different responsibilities that he has had in our lives and in our salvation. So starting with verse 1, it says this, Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne, Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. 
And one thing that we'll see really as we look at each of these verses is there's uh, a lot that's being said. Uh, it's very rich in its theology, and there's a lot of language from Old English, right? So uh, ways that we don't really talk nowadays when people say hark or hail or just things like that. We don't, we don't talk like that nowadays, uh, but there's some great stuff in here. So starting with those uh, first couple of lines, it says, uh, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. And that reminded me of Revelation 4, starting in verse 9. It says, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord, our Lord and God to receive glory, honor, and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. And what we see here is this, this heavenly anthem of praising Christ, the victorious King. Um, and he's, he's, he's receiving all of this praise. He's worthy of all this praise and they're casting their crowns before the throne, right? So when we're saying crown him with many crowns, when you see these 24 elders casting their crowns before the throne, what we're seeing is that Christ is king of all kings, mm. no matter the throne, no matter the government, the ruler, whoever it is, whatever the nation, all nations, all kings, all governments submit to the kingdom, the authority, the rule of Jesus Christ, the king of all kings. And he's deserving of all the praise. Mm. And this heavenly anthem, whatever praise may be given to a certain king or government, those those praises are drowned out by the thunderous praise to the king of kings, Jesus Christ. Mm. And for all of us who have a right relationship with God, uh, with Jesus Christ, um, I'll read from John chapter 1, verse 29. It says, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So this king that we're singing about is the same one that takes away our sin. And we see towards the end of the verse it says, uh, Hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. And we'll see these praises will echo on uh, for all eternity, right? Mm -hmm. This is not a song that will fade. This is not a government or a kingdom that will fade. Christ's kingdom will have no end. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 9. Uh, and in there we see uh, prophecies of who Christ would be, right? We see starting in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of this increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. And hmm. Christ fulfilled that prophecy. Christ is the king uh, on the throne forever, right? When God made the covenant with David that his throne, his lineage, there'd be a king who would sit on that throne, his kingdom would never end. We see that Christ is the fulfillment of that covenant to David. He sits on the throne of David. All right, wow. Moving on to the next verse, we've got, crown him the Lord of love. Behold his hands and side, rich wounds, yet visible, 
above in beauty glorified. No angel in the sky can fully bear that sight, but downward bends their burning eye at mysteries so bright. And the combo of this verse, it reminds me of two passages. Uh, one of them being Isaiah 6, right? We, in our church, just studied that in the high view of God and His holiness. And we see the seraphim cover their eyes uh, at the glory of God because He is so majestic. And so we see, you know, downward bend their burning eyes at mysteries so bright. And then the other passage that I'm reminded of is in 1 John. Uh, we look at 1 John chapter 3. And we see the example of Christ, uh, verse 16, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us. Um, or even Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this verse, really what we're doing is praising Christ, uh, the Lord of love. We see that love personified, love lived out is when Christ laid down his life for us on the cross, uh, that is the gospel. And so we praise him for these things. And these are things that angels, they, they long to look into, right? Angels don't get to experience salvation like we do. Uh, because when the angels either made their choice to follow God or to join the fallen angels, that, that was it. Their decision is sealed. Mm. But for us, when we sinned in the garden, God chose to make a way of redemption for us in his kindness and mercy. And so angels look into this and see, uh, God's character on a dis on display in a way that they don't experience themselves. Mm. It's different. And and uh, John fifteen thirteen tells us that greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends. Uh, and just talking about God's love for us and how He demonstrated that through His death for our sins. Um, and of course, we can go always go back to John three sixteen too. For God mm -hmm. so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, just, yeah, great to remember the love of God. Amen. So then the next verse, crown him the Lord of life. So I think this is such a cool transition. So we start mm -hmm. out praising Jesus, King of all kings. And then verse 2, we look at Christ, the Lord of love, through the act of death on the cross. And then crown him the Lord of life. He's Lord of life. He conquered death. He didn't stay dead. He isn't just the Lord of love in death, but he's the Lord of life. He conquered death. He rose from the grave victorious. So crown him the Lord of life who triumphed o'er the grave and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. That's awesome. I, really, I love yeah. that last line, lives that death may die. Mm -hmm, yeah. uh, death, who thinks that will swallow up the, all of us in death. Nope. Christ conquered death, so death dies, and we have eternal life in Christ. And this is, this is really the gospel. This is what people need to hear. And Johnny, this is what somebody who has never heard the gospel before won't understand. They won't understand those words that you just read until mm -hmm. we can explain them to him, right? Uh, if we would just go up to somebody and said that, that Jesus Christ died, eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die, that's just such a confusing thing to hear unless you know the word of God and have heard the gospel. And uh, yeah, and, and the Lord is, is able to work in somebody's heart to, to help them to understand that. But yeah, just great words to remember. Well, and this could be a great way too. Um, where if we sing this on a Sunday, have a conversation with your friends or your family that may be sitting with you and just say, hey, 
let's let's talk about the lyrics of this song because this song can be a great way to share the gospel with someone. Right. We don't just share the gospel and we don't just talk about the sermon, but we can talk about the words that we sang in the worship because as we prepare our Sunday worship playlist and we plan the songs, mm. it's like preparing a second sermon. We're teaching each other and we're, we're studying the word of God through the songs that we sing. Uh, so yeah, great point. Yeah. Great point. Uh, moving on to the final verse, we have verse four, crown him the Lord of heaven enthroned in worlds above, crown him the king to whom is given the wondrous name of love, crown him with many crowns as thrones before him fall, crown him ye kings with many crowns, for he is king of all. And I'm reminded again of the passage that we read earlier in Revelation, uh, but we just see the the complete victory of Christ. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose victorious over death. And Matthew 28, all authority has been given to him. He has all authority. He is king over all. And verse four just celebrates the completion of that, mm. uh, that he is on the throne for all of eternity. Yes. And one of my favorite parts of the Bible, which is a hard thing to say because there's so many, but one of my favorite parts is uh, Acts chapter one, verse nine, through 11, it says, and when he had said these things, he had just finished talking to his disciples. As they were looking up, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And what an amazing thing to be able to see uh, Jesus Christ as he went into uh, heaven, as the Lord of heaven, as we sing now in this, in this song. One of the verses that we didn't look at today, but there's just one lyric that I wanted to highlight. I wish that we still sang songs like this and wrote songs like this. There's uh, there's this line that says, Crown him the Lord of years, the potentate of time, creator of the rolling spheres, ineffably sublime. That is a phrase that I have not <laughs> sang in a while. It's not the way I talk. Ineffably sublime. What does that even mean? It says, basically too great or extreme to be expressed or described in words. And it's of such excellence, beauty and grandeur that it should inspire great admiration and awe. Just in those two mm. words, communicating that type of praise for God, for Christ Jesus, the King of all, just he is worthy of yeah. our best. That's a mouthful in it two is. words. And yep. It's awesome, yeah. Uh, moving on to the musical expression of this song, it's written in four, four times, so it's just one, two, three, four, and it communicates this very stately, regal sound in the music. You're, you're drawn into the throne room, and you could imagine just a royal march, uh, a royal sound with the bum, 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 bum. And you've got uh, a lot of arrangements that have trumpets. And, mm. you know, you can you can play this song slower. You can play it with a higher tempo. And it really fits with both because whether it's slow and stately or like high paced and energetic, there's this excitement at the coronation of our King, mm. Christ Jesus. And so there's a reverence and a holiness in, in doing that slower, but even with the higher energy, which is how we normally do it, there's that excitement, the celebration, Christ is King. Let's shout it out. Our God is on the throne for right. all eternity. And often with these hymns, because they were not written with a bridge or a chorus, uh, and, and this is no exception, um, 
verse four, there's a key change and the key change just provides this energy, this, this opportunity for us to sing a little bit harder, to sing a little bit higher. Uh, and yeah, the verse takes advantage of that because, uh, the Lord of heaven, this is when Jesus Christ is enthroned in worlds above. And so it's so good to, to take a deep breath and just sing that a little bit higher. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, just by way of application, when is a good time to sing this, uh, song when would be an appropriate time well oftentimes we try to incorporate this on sunday mornings as a call to worship or as a good way to start our worship as people come in saying hey guess what uh we serve the risen king who is reigning over all this is what we're doing this morning so it sets the tone this is who we're praising this is why we're praising him and hopefully that will guide our minds as we enter into the rest of the worship service. Mm. Uh, but that's on Sunday mornings, maybe throughout the week, as you start your time in devotions or as you end your time of devotions, uh, sing this song and just remind yourself of the God that you have a, a relationship with, the God who you serve on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it just helps set the tone for how you steward your time in service to the King of the universe. Right, and and a great song we were talking earlier that that allows us to recognize God, and mm-hmm. this is yeah a great song that helps us to recognize Him and, and all of the different uh, crowns that His Son Jesus Christ wore for us. Well, praise the Lord, and we hope that this encourages you in your walk and helps you to better praise the King of Kings as you serve Him on a day-to-day basis. 